Hey everyone, how's it going? Thank you for tuning in and checking out the first new episode of 2021. Very excited for this journey to continue. And my hope is that 2021 is a much better year for all of you. Uh, although I'm trying to look at 2020 as a year of great opportunity where there's great upheaval and chaos, there's opportunity for us all to grow and advance our own lives. And I'm hopeful that uh, that's one thing that everybody took from this, if you've been listening. If you are listening and you haven't subscribed, do me a quick favor, make sure you subscribe on your favorite listening podcast. It helps a lot. And if you can leave a review, let us know what you think. Tell us where you're listening from. It means a lot. My guests today, and yes, I said guests because there are two of them, are in the process of trying to redefine and change the way that judging and ultimately scoring is done in mixed martial arts and combat sports. There's been a lot of talk around the poor judging and, and the decisions which impact fighters in a variety of ways, um, all the way down to fighter pay, being that they're paid a win bonus. Um, there's a lot of people who are involved in the judging uh, as parts of these athletic commissions who don't have experience in fighting. They don't understand mixed martial arts. And as a result, it's creating a lot of inconsistencies. These gentlemen have found a way, which I think is genius, um, and which I've heard talked about, but nobody's ever put rubber to the road. Um, and that's by leveraging fighters, both current and retired fighters who have an understanding of what's going on and who can help score things in a much more consistent way. And they've done it um, where they're actually pushing these results out as the fights occur round by round with additional commentary. I was asked to participate in helping to sponsor some of these with action. Uh, I talked to the team, it was a no brainer. And for us, we're super excited to be able to be involved in something like this uh, early on. Their organization is called Scoring Senate and their names are Steve Seau and UFC retired vet, Ian McCall. Enjoy the episode folks. But before we enjoy this episode, a quick shout out from that sponsor of both Scoring Senate, as well as this podcast, Action Specialty Coffee and Natural Supplements. 2021 is a new year. And if you have not tried Action Coffee or Natural Supplements, you need to go to drinkaction.com and that's action with a K. You need to pick out your favorite kind of coffee, whether it's a dark roast or a medium roast or a light roast, or maybe you want something kind of in the middle of a medium and a dark. So you're gonna go with Rumble Time which is a new specialty blend that we've created in partnership with Anthony Rumble Johnson. Or you wanna reduce some inflammation as well. And you wanna try out turmeric and hemp in our product called Active. Regardless, if you go to the website and you use code word curious, you'll get 15% off your order. And if you sign up for the subscription, which will make sure your coffee or supplements are sitting on your doorstep monthly, you'll get a 20% discount. Go to drinkaction.com, use code word curious, and enjoy this episode. It's uh, probably the worst segue ever, but I, I appreciate you guys hopping on uh, and taking some time today, you know, uh, I was so captivated when I spoke with Jamie like a couple of months ago and, you know, she, we were talking about action sponsoring an upcoming fight card and she was explaining what scoring Senate was. Uh, the first thing I said was yes, count me in. And then <laughs> like the next thing was, Hey, by the way, I have a podcast and I've got to figure out a way to get the people behind this on the show so we can talk about it because not enough people know. And I think that this is one of the greatest ideas in combat sports. And quite honestly, I mean, it's something that's talked about by a lot of people, but I've only ever heard it talked about and nobody's really taken the time and put in the effort to make it happen. So, you know, I, I want to dive into what scoring Senate is and we can kind of go from there, but, you know, obviously Ian McCall, uh, former yes. UFC, you know, pleasure to have you on your, your credentials are obvious when it comes to this, you know, as a former fighter, somebody who understands, you know, more than any judge that's currently scoring fights today, what goes on and, and who's winning through positions. But, 
Steve, can you give me a little bit of an understanding of your background and how, Absolutely. You, how do you get tied in with this whole community of, of fighters and uh, experts in fight to, to start this journey together? Absolutely. So um, I, I'm in Seattle. I used to be with Microsoft, uh, spent about 15 years there, started as a researcher, ended up as a, a software architect. And during that time, I've always been bored. I've always wanted to do something more than just my day job. And um, I don't remember exactly how I got connected to the first, oh, well, oh, I remember now. I got connected to a startup because I was working with startups and that startup was in Vegas and that gentleman had a uh, connections and well, he's a friend of, um, of, uh, of Frank Mir and a bunch of other uh, very well-known fighters. And, and that was my first introduction to a, uh, the first person in the fight game. And, and shortly after that, I, uh, I realized that since I'm bored, why not just apply my technical skills to solve um, problems that are pretty obvious in, in this thing that I watch on TV. And I've been watching MMA fights for a while. I think I, I uh, got introduced during the, uh, the Lyoto Mashida era around that time where Anderson Silva was, was kicking ass and all that. And, and the more I talked to um, uh, fighters and people connected to the game, the, the more I'm, I'm hearing people tell me about a few recurring themes that are problematic in MMA. One of which is uh, fighters pay, number one. And the second one is judges' decisions. And uh, it, it, at that point, I was a, a casual. I didn't quite look into and analyze a fight and, and understand the implications of what happens when a, a, a fighter gets screwed by the judges because they, they weren't paying attention or they did not know what they were looking at. And so um, I figured that along with a buddy, uh, we figured that it would be great if there is a alternate weight, uh, an alternate scores to the official scores. Um, at that time I was ambitious. I thought that let's just propose a new system and they'll, they'll use it. But it, it was, it, it's much harder than that. It's more complicated. There are more uh, 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 groups involved in that. And, and fast forward to about uh, the, the start of the pandemic I was introduced to uh, Ian. Uh, I was on the verge of giving up. I was on the verge of uh, shelving the idea. And uh, we, I met a wonderful, wonderful person that a lot of us know by the name of Rose Gracie. And Rose introduced me to Ian. And, uh, and I told Ian what I was doing. And, and then the rest was uh, history. Well, history to come. That's awesome. And Ian, I, you know, as a fighter, it's interesting. Steve mentioned right at the very beginning that he had heard these two reoccurring themes, right? Fighter pay and bad decisions. And I think the irony is that there's kind of a tie between the two of them in the way that fighters are compensated where you're paid to show and then you're paid a win bonus on top of that. So the fact that like two of these reoccurring themes of negativity tied together where you can have a bad decision impact what's already shitty pay in, in a lot of cases and keep you from moving on, impact you in a rankings perspective. You know, what's the first thing that goes to your mind when you hear this idea that Steve's talking about? <laughs> well, uh, many people know that I got screwed um, many moons ago. And you know what? I, I think uh, other people want to talk about it more than I want to talk about it. It's not that I don't, I don't care to hear about it. It's just like, okay, I got screwed a long time ago, guys. Like, we should probably get over it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it, I also need to look at that as my opportunity to also teach and not be butthurt and like, oh, I got screwed. Like, no, this is, it's, if you're not evolving, you're not, you're not becoming better. You know, and I just, and, and getting mad about something that happened a long time ago still is like, it's pointless. Um, the first thing that I said to Steve was, Hey, if you're going to change the, from the judges to senators, you also have to figure out a point, a new point system. We haven't got there yet. I'm not good with mathematics, but, um, just, and then uh, that was our first conversation. We started talking, going back and forth. And I, I was like, yeah, of course I'll help. This is a great idea. 
uh, and we got on the phone and we just started talking about, I mean, just, just the certain opportunities that are in the space because no one's done it right yet. I've seen a couple different people try. I've seen uh, another, who knows how many people talk about it. Everyone wants to talk about it, but like you said, no one wants to change it. No one wants to actually step up and do it. And I know somebody like myself who have always had an incredible relationship with not only the MMA community as a whole, the fans, the fighters, uh, but also the UFC. And for me, I'm the kid that was really good, obviously, at fighting and martial arts my whole life, sports as a whole. Uh, but I, I had my, the people I looked up to, you know, all the people I was like, oh my God, these are my heroes. Uh, Kid Yamamoto or BJ Penn, Chuck Liddell. These are all my friends. Well, I mean, kids passed away, but, um, you know, Ensign uh, Anui to, I mean, I, I talk to everybody. I get to get Boss Rutten comes over to my house. Like, that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so I'm able to, to go to them and go, hey guys, what's up? Like, I have this cool opportunity. What do you think? And I talk to them about it and they say, cool, awesome. Well, um, you know, where do we go from here? And I, and I, I get them in front of Steve and then he, he cl- closes the deal, as you can say. It's just people see that there's nothing else trying to be accomplished here except fixing the sport. The pay is getting fixed. I see young fighters like Chito Vera and Alex Perez making enough money to buy a house in Orange County. That, that's, that's, you're making good enough money. Uh, I mean, you could always, you should be making more, of course. There should be a, a zero on your pay, but uh, you got to be realistic. Um, you know, until we can get the UFC to fork over that half like other, other sports, sporting organizations do, then, then this is how it goes, guys. But we have to do this as a whole. So we got together a bunch of, of different senators to really latch onto this. And, um, you know, with people like, you know, yourself involved with us getting the word out like this, it, it's going to catch fire. This, is, this has to be a grassroots movement. And this is exactly what we're doing. When you've got all these different Hall of Famers, whether it's Boss or Rashad, uh, you got guys like myself or, um, you know, Heather Joe Clark. I mean, you got people from all over the spectrum, males, females, uh, Matt Brown, uh, my, you know, uh, Eves Edwards. There's like all these legendary people um, that are getting the word out. It's just, uh, you know, we, we have to come in, I think, with, a, um, with definitely a new scoring system next. That should be our next thing we, we do. And then from there, you know, kind of, um, I don't want to say attack the UFC with it because that's not the right way to go about it because then we won't get anything. But um, to just show them, like, look, this is the power we wield. Yes. And I was going to ask you that, like, what is, how do you get to that next step? And what, what does it entail to become the sanctioned scoring system? I, I mean, I imagine there's a lot of steps that would have to happen for that to occur, right? Oh, oh man. So the, the person that brought it up first, of course, in his cynical, um, you know, I don't want to say bitter, um, but uh, Dominic Cruz, I called Dominic, we got him on the phone and I love Dominic. People, people like to hate on Dominic, but I, I get it. He's just a little, you know, just the way he words things. <laughs> no, that conversation he, was eye opening. It was great. Ex- ex- exactly. And he, he gave he it just to was us. Like, right. <laughs> That's what he does. It's what he's, we all need that friend who can, who can talk to us that way and, yeah. and really bring us, bring us back down to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, you know, and of course, you know, Frank Trigg as well being the, you know, the guy that like understands this incredibly well, um, just as like, look, we have to tread very lightly and we have to understand that there's a, there's a whole actual commission that's here. That's like, like a governing body. So for us to show them, they're going to just like close the door in our face. They're going to laugh at us. Like you guys are thinking you're going to take our jobs. No way. You guys are idiots. Get out of here. There's the door. Um, you know, because they still have this, they have a weird like power trip mentality. They always will. It's people in charge of important situations and, you know, fighters and whatever. It's just, it's a weird human condition thing. That's gross. Um, but realistically, they're, they're not, I don't want to call them inept, but they're not, uh, they don't have the skills to do what they need to do. It's simple. So either learn or we're going to have to change something. And that the way we would do this, I, I think, I could be wrong is to go directly to the UFC and have the UFC look, the UFC say, look, this is what needs to happen, at least for our events. They wouldn't be able to do it in this country at first. I'm sure it would have to be an international show, but they can adopt it. They could adopt something like this in and make it and say, look, this guys, this works. This actually works outside of the country. And, and then they, you know, you, you put it on fight Island. You know, there's no commission out there. You bring your own commission. Well, let's build. Let's. That's. A, I just. That's the first time I've thought of this. That's the perfect opportunity. Let's build this in Fight Island, 
and, and see where this goes. Because again, guys are still being screwed. The pay is getting better. Um, the attitude I, I work with the UFC on a bunch of levels. Like we just had a sit down meeting with my CBD company and the UFC uh, over for a few months ago now um, trying to be, you know, the CBD company on the mat and to see their attitude, the UFC's attitude towards fighters now comparatively to when I was there, when it was like, you know, I love the Fertitas, but it was a little, a little gangster. Um, now it's, it's, they just look at us. Sure. We are their toys. We're their little things. We're a commodity, but we're treated as a, as a much better commodity. We're actually, they have the perform the two performance institutes, uh, or, you know, Vegas and was it Singapore? Um, or is it, I don't know where it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they really just, a lot of stuff has changed. And I think that this is, would be a good opportunity for them to finally take that step and go, all right, this needs to change. Yeah, to get to that point, to get to the point where we present to a big group like the UFC a alternate way to score, uh, we, we've got to build the credibility. And that's what we've been doing since UFC 249. We Today, I think we have maybe 20 or 21 uh, senators and counting, active, retired, you name it, Hall of Famer, female, male, all weight classes, champs, ex-champs, title contenders, you name it. And I think the, the moment when this is presented to, to the right people for consideration, it has to come with all the data. It has to come with all the, the track history and go, we did this. We tried it. We tried a few things different. We're not asking you to change the 10-point mass system yet. But we have three things that we tried, that we experimented with. One, we had more than three people uh, on the panel. Two, we are uh, broadcasting the, the uh, scores live with commentary, with some kind of education that, well, that was a 10-8 round because he got dropped twice because of that. So more color to the commentary. And, and three, we are using expert panels. We're using um, panels that are filled with experts who know what they're looking at, right? Uh, there, there are times when I'm watching these guys uh, these senators score about, and, and, and I have the luxury of having my cell phone blow up with chat, chat uh, uh, activity from all of them because we need to coordinate the operation. And the analysis that they all bring to that chat was amazing. Like uh, Fr Frank is one of them, Todd Duffy is another one. They are super analytical. And, I'm, and I, Every time I see that, I'm like, guys, can I share this on social media? Because the world needs to hear this, right? Uh, uh, and any educated fan, a fan who loved the sports, would love to get into the mind of Frank Trigg and go, what's happening here? It, it, he escaped that, that particular position. Is that good? Is that bad? Do you count it against him or, or not? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so we, we want to be able to present this package with data that shows that we try this new system uh, that didn't that did not deviate too far, and it worked. So let's let's try at an institutional level. Let's try at the promotional level, and and see where we go from there. Now it makes a lot of sense. So for anybody who's listening and doesn't understand from a baseline, can we go back? I you know, can we explain the current system and maybe just high level? what the the pitfalls of it are why that it's not efficient especially from a mixed martial arts standpoint um and then really the specifics of how scoring senate is scoring an individual fight as it stands right now in the ufc ian well right now we're using the scoring system that is already in place i'm sure as flawed as it is it's still, you know, it's a system. It works for, I guess, you know, like, it, it, and it's, uh, it works for the most part. That's how do you become thing. a, how do you become a judge today? Like if I, if I was like, you know what, I'm a fan. I, I really like this. I, I'd love to become a judge. To me, I look, I see, you know, names that are synonymous with horrible boxing decisions, but let's just say like Adelaide bird. How did, yeah. how does, how does a, somebody like Adelaide bird become a, a, a judge for a UFC event? Uh, the old way was you got like grandfathered in or you got a job from your friend, even if you do who, I mean, we obviously see a lot of people like Adelaide bird knows, knows not much about boxing and she's been doing this for a long time. 
Um, and there's a, there's a few people like that, more than a few. Um, but now there's actual classes you can take to do it. Uh, and they're, they're really hard. I mean, they have referee school, judge school, all this stuff is very, very complex. Um, but you can do it. I mean, it's like, just as long as you know, you understand what it is. I mean, you can do it, but still it's, it's having this in the moment understanding of the sport, mm-hmm. being able to break down the intricacies of it, not just doing paperwork and seeing this situation. Well, if you know, A and B equals C like, no, 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 that can you even see that? Well, do you understand the move that's happening? It's, it's not just about that sort of stuff. It's a very complex system um, that needs to change. And it's, you know, again, they, they can, the 10, nine gets by, it gets by for now because it's because, you know, people like John McCarthy, um, have had a voice in it, you know, but, uh, I, I, yeah, again, we can get into that, that part later because we're not even there yet. <laughs> I, I think the Nevada athlete, uh, athletic commission has 18 or 20 judges. So it's always a combination of three from that set. And the last time I did a research, I, I looked up, uh, who they are and, and what their background is. I could only find two of them with mixed martial arts or boxing, backgrounds which is very very concerning uh, right that's, that's so crazy yeah. i mean this, this these are these are not only financial but like for me i've always looked at it as th- that you can change the course of someone's life yeah i mean it, d- it did for me for sure and I, of course that was my own fault um letting you know a bad decision uh, you know reflect on everything else i did uh but you know it, that's these are just the things that, you know that happen and, and you you have to just use myself as a as a, a teaching tool like look don't be like me you know don't do that uh, this is how it should be handled and i think um just to negate a lot of those situations from happening to these young individuals who are thrust into the limelight to make it a little easier on them so they don't lose their you know lose their 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 shit like i did uh to not let it happen in the first place that's all make it fair so UFC 256, walk through how, how many senators are on a card scoring into, at the same time, and like how is that all aggregated to you know, somebody who's on the outside that wants to go check this out in the next fight? Uh, so we, we pull in anywhere from nine to, I think we peaked at 11 senators uh, per card, and we're only targeting pay-per-view cards for, for now as a start. Uh, the I try to aim for like an odd number just to break, just not to have like an even tie. But so far, once you, I realize that once you go past seven, eight, uh, uh, even an odd number doesn't really matter. Uh, so we, I think we have always peaked around nine or ten or eleven senators. And once in a while, something will happen. It's Saturday night. People have family commitments, so we we may have a senator uh, drop out once or twice. Um, and what happens is they will get onto a, uh, a, a right now it's a website that ha- that's password protected and they will log in and have, it, have their phones or their laptops ready with them during a live event. And round, after the completion of each round, and we are targeting just the main card, not the prelims for now, because to have these senders block up a five hour stretch is a lot of a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So we, we told them, look, let's just focus on the main card. And, uh, and when, a, when a bout starts and a round starts and when it completes, they will, each of them individually put in their score according to the 10 point mass system uh, and, and add a commentary if they would like to, and they click submit. Now at that point, what happens is all these data points from all of them are coming into my, uh, into a server uh, into a database, and in real time, I I wrote code that would aggregate aggregate these scores together, and quickly turn it around and push it to the websites and push it up to Twitter at the same time. So if so, uh, what users can do is either follow the aggregated scores across all ten senators, or just follow in McCall's scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens in real time. Or if you if you follow them on Twitter, it, it will be pushed out as a scorecard as well. Have there been any big differences in the cards that you guys have had senators on scoring where what the score 
came from the actual judges who were sanctioned by the the athletic commission compared to what the senators scored I'm trying to think of uh what we did was we did do we did two throwback uh episodes on youtube with uh tj DeSantis where we looked at jones versus reyes and we looked at uh, uh connor and ds2 uh, but for the live events, there were a few. I believe uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a main event. It was uh, Aldo and Morais. I think that one went went the other direction for for Aldo. For for uh, I believe so. If you can remember, Ian. And then there were a few. Yeah, there was quite a few. Did you guys do the last uh, Max Holloway? Um... Volkanovski? Yeah. 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 I can pull up the score. I believe that went for Max as well. I remember that because I was texting Frank Trigg and uh, and Jill, Jill, Jill Trigg jumped in and she was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Max obviously won and they, they have Hawaiian roots, right? So she's rooting for the home team. So uh, I know while you're looking for that, Steve, I know um, you're like I'm getting way ahead of this here, but, you know, I've heard people even talk about, you know, having scores be announced after the round invisible for the fighters in their corners. Yeah. As a fighter, I mean, what's your thought on it ever getting that far? Is that something that as a fighter you would like, would it change the way, would it change the way that you would obviously approach a round or, you know, a fight as you kind of know how it's being scored? Oh yeah. Because, you know, people always want to say, well, if some guy learns that he's up by two rounds, he's going to fight slower. Maybe, maybe, but it's also going to, the other guy's going to know he's losing. So he's going to work his ass off to come knock this dude out. So, you know, you, you kind of have, you could have a full momentum swing going into the, I mean, where, where that's playing heavy for the guy who's, who's, who's losing by two rounds. He comes up. You know, he's got to go out there. He has a fire lit under his butt. Now he's got to go finish this thing. He knows he has to do this. So, I mean, there's a few sides to look at it. I think that it would be really, uh, really helpful. And I mean, just knowing is, is always good. Like, I mean, it's really important. So why, I don't see why it's, it's been kept from us. Watching that fight prior to coming on here, your first fight with yes. DJ, right? And I've watched that fight a lot, by the way. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a, it's an egregious, I think, example of poor scoring, right? But, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of instances where if you're a casual fan of MMA, the way you watch a fight, it's very indicative of how you could say the scoring is done, right? Like, yeah. these, they, they, don't, they, they don't really necessarily understand a lot of the nuances that are occurring inside of a fight. So I was curious if you could maybe explain some of what's really going on in there that dictates who's controlling a fight that you might not be able to necessarily visualize if you're somebody who's just tuning in for the first few times. Man, well, there is the pace, but see, there's things that that people would never never understand <laughs> um, that you don't feel. Like Dan Gable always said it. Um, you know, there's a book called The Fighter's Mind where you can physically feel the other person break. You can feel their energy give and you can feel it's like, it's like snapping twigs. You know, um, for someone like myself who studied so intricately um, facial expression, breath, uh, you know, how their microaggressions are. So that, that's how deep we go. So you got to think, I mean, from that sort of level all the way up to um, you know, the positioning of someone's hand, they're tired. Is their mouth open or not? That's a pretty obvious one. Are you breathing through your nose or your mouth? You know, um, just looking at damage to someone's face, you know, that's, that's damage. That's, <laughs> that takes away from their performance. Um, you know, and then also understanding, you know, where to hit somebody instead of, um, you know, where body shots are, are landed or, or, you know, punches to the head. There's a, there's a lot of intricacies that, that go down go into fighting that people will never understand or because they've never felt it. They've never seen it. And these things are so, they can be so visceral. Um, but all the way back into just, if you get tapped in, you're in the flow state, you can feel people's energy. I mean, it's not like woo woo or, or hard to do. Like this is what you, especially if you're again, 
at the level that I was at, that's, that's how you get into the flow. That's how you, you, you feel all these, these things. So, um, that's why people, this is why you need fighters as judges. That's why this is this whole issue. These people will never understand as many, as many problems as they've seen in a book that this doesn't mean much, you know, like it gives you kind of an outline, like, I guess, you know, it's cool, but, but you have to have actual like hand, you know, real, have your, get your, get your hands dirty. So has, has there been any like actual pushback from anybody that matters when it comes to this, you know, or is it just a more, it's hard to turn Titanic around and this is the way that it's been done forever. And there's a lot of other things that people are complaining about. I mean, I've gotten nothing but praise for this and just adoration, just people being happy that this is even a thing, you know, because um, it's, it's time things change. You know, it just, it is, it's like, this is, we're, we're, we're not, giving people a fair shake, you know, and, and plus think how much content you can create out of this. Like this is all, this is what business is about now is content, content, content. You can create threads and whole different conversations with millions of views, millions of views and, and just, just interactions looking at people will check and see what, what did this person score? What did they score as a group? You know, I mean, this could be, this could have so many eyes on it, marketing dollars, I hate to, you know, molest something into this in the money, but you got to look at those sides of it. This is what I do for a living. Like I said, I, I, I talk with the UFC about a lot of stuff, but I brought them, I brought them a psilocybin study. You know, I, I take this stuff serious, but you have to understand um, the benefits of, of, of what you're, what, whatever tool you're using, whatever, you know, like this, this is a tool. So how are we going to use it, maximize the eyes, the money, the, all these certain things that need to get what we want accomplished. I'm sorry if you hear my neighbor mowing his uh, freaking lawn right now. Um, but to, to that point, uh, one example was the last fight we had. I forgot who it was, but there was a couple of blows that, that people thought were illegal. Some people didn't think it was illegal. And that just blew up on the, on the text messages between all of us. And, and, I, and Frank Trick jumped in and Nate Marquardt jumped in. And they was like, yeah, I think it's illegal. No, it's not illegal. Yeah, let's look at it again. And they went back and forth and back and forth. And that was such an intellectual uh, discussion. It was great. And I asked them for permission to post it on, on social media. And, and, uh, and my original thinking, which I think is still true, is that to the extent that the judges' decisions uh, and the senators' decisions are, dif are different, that creates chatter. And then that chatter is uh, intellectual chatter and, and, and that's good for so many levels because it educates the fans, right? They'll be like, no, I, I don't think that's a 10-8 round. No, I, I, think, I think because of the takedowns, uh, you know, uh, Max should have round two. It, it draws fans into a, a another level where they can talk about a fight at an intellectual level, not just sit back and, and hope that someone gets knocked out or hope to see blood. You know, they, they could actually watch it as a, uh, a, a uh, someone who appreciates the sport at, at a much deeper level. Yeah, that was, I mean, when we were talking about it internally, this, you know, should, is this something that we should sponsor from Action's point of view? That was one of the first things that we all said as a group that, you know, we're one bad decision away from a lot of, eyeballs being on these scorecards you know not to mention you know having guys like ian and uh you know frank trigg and eve edward all these individuals posting about this um you know one bad decision could have joe rogan throwing one of these scorecards up talking about how it's time for a change and that there's alternatives out there and i think that's such a really cool aspect of of what you guys are doing um that you know, I, I also was thinking it's like you have all these other organizations, right? The UFC has a lot of competition and nobody's doing it to the levels that they are, but there's still some viable alternatives out there. And I, you know, would have to wonder an organization like One or Bellator that's trying to find differentiation away from the UFC to take something 100%. like this and implement it because it's a positive change and it's considered something that's actually an advantage over the way that the UFC would be doing it. You know, I've 100% PFL, 100%. Yeah. <laughs>
yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, this is something that people can, can go to, like Steve was saying, for so much education. Like, like you, you, you want fans that are evolving like the sport is. Everyone has to evolve. That's why this makes more sense. You know, I, I just, I don't want to pick on this poor guy, but the just bleed guy, you know, the guy who just bleed, you're like sitting there shaking and screaming. Ugh! Like that's old school MMA. That's me. I come from that era. It was ridiculous the things you hear in the crowd, especially in America. Oh my God, at least in Europe and Brazil, they chant, or at least they, as, a, as an entire arena, they're going to chant, you're going to die in Portuguese. It sounds good. It's, I don't know, what, no, no, no father Portuguese, but you know, like it's, we need educated fans who appreciate. If you go to Japan, um, which is, you know, the birthplace of giant mixed martial arts, the, the, the fans are so educated and respectful. And it's just better. It is. I'm sorry. It's just better. And <laughs> and uh, I, I I know that we can help the fans become that. Because again, you you don't get mad at children for being you know kind of uneducated or stupid. Um, you know we can't get mad at the fans here. We just haven't been taught the right things yet. They don't know. And and uh, the I mean take take my soon to be stepson for instance and his friends. They're 21. Um, I mean, those kids, even though he can't, I mean, he, he can probably protect himself a little bit, but he's never trained a day in his life. He, him and his buddies know what's going on in mixed martial arts. They can break it down so well already. So, like, it's being able to to do that exact thing with, with the, the, the regular public, not these kids that are super obsessed. <laughs> yeah. That just seems like such a no-brainer, right? There's There's experts like yourself that are willing to do it. And there's an obvious delta as far as knowledge and consistency that's under the current system. And so I don't think it has to be a blame game, right? It's not like, hey, you guys are doing this horribly. I think you call out when it's you know, not been done properly. But to your point, everything should be evolving. And if there's people willing to do it and it looks like it's positive change, then to me, it's, it's a no brainer. And I love the fact that you guys are compiling the data because data is key in something like this, to be able to take that data and, and put it behind what's an obvious, really compelling idea and concept. The data is ultimately what's going to drive people to make big decisions that are impactful like that. So, uh, well, yeah, yeah. And one thing to keep people honest, to keep, you know, the, like people, what if, you know, you have, what are your shady fighters? Like fighters aren't any, you know, any better than everybody else. I'm like, well, number one, they are, uh, cause they're martial artists. You can be held to a higher standard. But the thing is, is these, these scores will be put on the website forever. So if you have a bad call, we're going to talk about it. People can bring it up and show, okay, what was your reasoning behind giving this score? You have to talk to the crowd. We have to, as again, martial art, mixed martial artists or martial artists, we have to be held to a higher standard. And, you know, number one, people can get paid doing this, but number two, you can help, you know, better our sport. You can help better just, just that the, our little society we've, we've created, you know, and then, and, and, and be held accountable. If you, if you, if you fuck up, you can at least explain yourself, you know, and, and, and if you have a good explanation, that's maybe not the right, what everyone wants to hear, but you can explain yourself, then great. Then you can keep your seat on the panel, you know. But sometimes people maybe will have to be voted off. I don't know, but we haven't gotten there yet. No one's made some of those sort of errors. But you know, we can we can make those adjustments. It, it's there's there's a lot of a lot of, of good things that to, to put into play here. I think. I I was initially worried about uh, conflict of uh, interests. Uh, Rose Gracie brought it up. Uh, Rose Gracie told me, "Don't don't worry about about these things. These are very principled athletes that you're dealing with." Uh, and and uh, sure enough, we have a uh, we have Alex Perez going for the belt. Uh, very very uh, recently, we have Chido Vera, and both uh, Alex had participated as a senator. Chido Vera has signed up, uh, but he has so many fights back to back that we 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 leave him alone. Uh, we're leaving him alone until we can get him involved. Uh, and um, and sure enough, you know we these guys were able to the senators were, was able to put aside, you know. Uh, the fact that they are they're, they're watching their friend, you know, and and uh, and come up with an objective uh, look at the fight. So it was it was interesting, 
it's it's funny. I tell people who are not uh, as uh, into MNA as I am that working with with these centers is very interesting. I mean, they, they are a different breed. They tend to put a lot more drive and emotion into their craft more than any other uh, 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 industry that I have uh, um, worked with. I work with software engineers, I work with people in the business industry, people in healthcare, but these guys, these athletes in the MMA space are very interesting. They go very deep and they invest a lot into, into the sport. Uh, I can pick up the phone and call Ian on, on a Sunday morning and talk about, hey, what are we going to do for next week? And, and the conversation will be natural. If I pick up the phone and call a friend who's a doctor and say, hey, tell me about that rash that I saw on TV on the blah, blah, blah. Hey, dude, Sunday, man. Give me a break. You know, I, I, need, to, I need to unplug. But these guys are constantly plugged in. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading something wrong, but Ian, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you guys seem to be... Uh, it's like your life, right? It's like you live, you live and breathe and uh, oh. fighting. Yeah, here's, here's a good example. Uh, Chuck Liddell, you know, again, many, many, many people know he's like, he's like an older brother to me. Um, he'll call me and just talk about fighting for, like, for so long just because he just wants to talk about fighting. Like, sure, we'll talk a little, a little bit here and there, but like, no, no, if, if it gets to that, he'll chat about it forever. So you have... That, that's in all of us. That's ingrained in all of us. We didn't get to this level. Even if you're just a basic person in UFC, you're a badass. You know, you've put in 10,000 hours to be there. And putting in 10,000 hours of something that's that difficult um, is, is madness. And you got to think there's some of us that, that have put in, you know, you have to have 10,000 hours standing, 10,000 hours wrestling, 10,000 hours on the ground. That's a lot of time stuck in a stressed out state of violence. Even if you're giggling and laughing the whole time, like I did most of the time, um, your body's stressed out, you know? So you're just this hyper-aware um, individual that we, we also didn't make the same money that other athletes have made. The UFC's always made us really approachable. Um, and just as, again, martial artists, you're just, you're just that kind of person. So, um, like, I, I've seen so many other athletes, I mean, big-name athletes, um, just not be friendly at all. And I'm just kind of like, you're, that, that's not how I work. And that's just, just not, that's not in my cards. And again, back to someone like Chuck forcing it upon me, even if I was being a cocky kid, um, you know, he's just like, pull you aside and just go, listen, this is what you do. You, you take, you take every picture, you shake every hand, you talk to every person, look at them in the face. He's like, it's someone else's job to pull you away. You know, so that, that, that same attitude not only goes to the fans, but also goes to each other. It goes to ourselves. We have to look deep to accomplish these things. This isn't like, oh, la da, or you know, I'm golfing. Like it's cool. I, I don't want to. I don't want to poop golf. Golfing's great, but it's a little different. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a little bit different. Um, so I, I just think that 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 sort of um, that sort of thing that's in us it just translates over to all. So just to life and life as a whole. <laughs> well, I mean, think about even the the baddest mixed martial artists has been humbled many, 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 many times throughout the in front of the entire world, the whole world sees you get your, your ass kicked. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a level of humility that comes along with, you know, going through that and understanding that, uh, you know, you're not always the baddest motherfucker. You know, you can, you can, somebody can turn around and crack you in the mouth. Right. And there's a, a level of, uh, accomplishment and achievement when you're doing things on your own. I, I always grew up playing team sports and I, I love team sports and I think they have developed a, a lot of things that have helped me become success, successful in working with teams, but there's just something different when you're in a sport that's really self-reliant, whether it's wrestling or grappling or mixed martial arts or Kung Fu or, you know, anything that you can do that's really, it stops with you and it, you get in what you put out. Right. So I think back to Steve's initial point, I've had the same experience. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with a number of different fighters and a number of different things. And it's been that same drive, desire, passion, accountability that I find that I've worked with 
people in technology, very similar to you, Steve, in, in the business world, people that have become very successful, but they pick and choose what they want to spend their time doing. And they're not always accountable if it doesn't suit them uh, at the end of the day. And I've never found that to be the case with fighters. I've always found them to be, you know, driven, and passionate and, you know, willing to be there. So kudos to, the, to them. But I know that it's, it's a part of that lifetime journey that got you there in the first place. Yeah, it's uh, it's instilled in you as a as a young martial artist. I mean, I started doing martial arts when I was four, <laughs> so I've always had you know sifu or coach or you know professor or uh, you know someone teaching me how to how, how to do this. And sure, they were teaching me how to fight, but that's that's like I mean, even to, like working with my kids' class. The last kids' class I had was at uh, Lifetime Fitness. I mean, here in Orange County, it's flagship gym. It's 180,000 square feet. It's like a resort. You know, it's it's full of rich people and spoiled children. That's what it is. And I, this is where I grew up. So I know how to, I was one of those spoiled children, you know, but I was also a young martial artist and, and so excited about it. So I was able to really bridge the gap with, you know, these kids and just show them, look, you, you, you're Yes, I'm teaching you how to fist fight. You know that, right? Like, what? You know, I want to do karate. I want to do this. I'm like, no, I'm teaching you guys how to fight. I need you to know that. So you have to understand that's a big deal. That's a bad. That sounds bad, right? From from a parent's words. Yes. Okay, let's take it back then. Teaching you how to protect yourself from the people that you love or someone you see on the street. You should love that person as well. And then just tying it all back into just being a good person and being a protector. You know, not being a predator, being a being a protector of people. Using the things that I'm going to teach you. Uh, for good, because as your coach or as your Sifu, um, you know, don't call me master. That's another thing I made them all stop doing because they were doing that before I got there. And I was like, don't call me master. I don't like that. It's weird. Um, but if you hurt someone, you use what I teach you outside of this for something that's not good, your parents aren't going to deal with you. They're going to bring you to me and, and I'm going to deal with you. You know, and I, I got like one kid, maybe two kids that did anything bad. And one kid, it was just because he was twice the size at like three, four years, three years old than anyone else. And he just, he could was beating up kids at like five or six, you know, so he just didn't know his size. <laughs> and, you know, so it was like, it was really interesting to see. I got into a class and they were rowdy and they were mismanaged and, um, you know, and, and again, not nothing against the former people, but it's, but it's, that just shows you the care that goes into this. Like the place that my daughter goes to jiu-jitsu, Gracie Baja in San Clemente. Oh my God. After I saw the first few classes, I was like, You're, this is amazing. Like I, pay, I pay. I pay to bring her somewhere for jiu-jitsu. All my friends were like, what are you doing, dude? Why are you wasting your money? I was like, I'm not wasting my money. My daughter's friends go there. She goes to school with all these kids. I'm like, I don't care. It's, I'm not her coach. You know, so it's <laughs> that, that was a big part of it because, you know, I, when she, if she ever wants to learn, I'll teach her. But rambling here <laughs> no man that's i i have a 15 month old son and uh i'm lucky there's a gracie academy here in north i'm in north of pittsburgh pa um stout academy shout out warren stout he um he's got a great youth program and like i talk to my wife about it all the time i'm like the age can't come soon enough where we can drop him off and start teaching him things that will build so many life lessons whether it's something that he sticks with competitively or not like i just i really wish my parents would have been aware of these things to put me in it. it you know they they allowed me to be active and that's awesome but i wasn't pushed or really directed into martial arts early on and you know knowing what i know now i really wish that i would have been it, it's it was something that my parents saw me have uh, i mean i got i was a violent little kid i was tiny i was born at like four and a half pounds and someone was always mouthing off. And again, I'm not a large adult. So, um, you know, I, I really did have that, like, I just had something to prove constantly because there's always someone picking on me. Again, I was at, like, really expensive private schools where people have serious attitude problems and they think they can get away with anything. And, you know, a lot of them needed to get punched in the mouth. And I did that. And and I think that that, um, well, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll preface with this. I got bad as a, as an, as an, a, a young as a teenager because i got with a gang of other bad kids and we started to use my martial arts for bad so that does happen but as a young kid it was man it was just um 
you know, yeah, it was, I was just, I was crazy. And, and to have, again, I had amazing teachers my whole life. So as I was never taught this, um, as, as it was, was to, was to, you know, beat people up. It was something that I acquired from, from kids realistically, now that I look back at it, it was, it was that sort of environment where it was like, okay. And, you know, my, my teachers, my Sifu, my dad, my brothers, older brothers, they all fought. And it was like, okay, even after class, my teacher, he would say, okay, look, you have this red zone behind you or around you, three feet around you. If someone gets you in your red zone, you have, you have every right to, to protect yourself. But you know, if, if they're going to hug you or if they're going to, you know, try and hurt you. And I use that to, um, you know, my advantage, but it, it's, it's being able to be like, look, I know what's you as a kid, you know, what's right and wrong. I, I was, I was way too quick on the draw, you know, and it's, it's just being able to be someone like myself who's done it, maybe not always for the best reasons and be able to teach like, that's not how you do it. You know, just like I do with, with young athletes in their career. I, you know, I mentor some of them in other sports as well, surfing, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. And it's like, you, you got to let people fail a little bit, but then also uh, show them the right way to get better, you know, and that's, and, and sometimes that's through movement. Sometimes that's through punishing themselves in a, in a jujitsu match or, or kickboxing or what have you. But, um, you know, it's, you know, we just, we have to kind of pound it as a young individual, you get a little crazy. So you have to kind of work really hard and, and hurt yourself sometimes, I guess, you have to accomplish that little bit of freedom. Right on. So, what's the next uh, scoring Senate event that uh, you guys are working on right now? Two fifty-seven, right? Abu Dhabi. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a big one. It's uh, Poirier, Poirier, and uh, Connor. So it's going to be big. Uh, so yeah. we, we are hoping to break the record, record by having a lot, a lot of centers on it, um, and. Um, uh, Partly because it's such a big event, and, and also I think it's 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 time to step it up. The the, the platform itself can take a hundred senators or a thousand if need be. Uh, that's the way I coded the uh, the platform to ingest all these incoming numbers and and aggregate it in real time. So that's not a problem. So hopefully we can hit like fifteen to twenty senators, and I think that'll be insane. That's awesome. What are you guys' predictions in that fight? My, are you are you allowed to actually i don't know are you allowed to give me a prediction based on the fact you guys are scoring oh of course because see this is this is part of the thing if we let the people in charge of scoring these fights talk about it again back to the education part of it we're gonna we're gonna be held more accountable and we should know okay like it, you know what are your predictions and, and and maybe maybe not well i guess that might be unfair to the, uh, the fighters attitudes uh, I don't know, but I'm just saying we should, we should definitely should be able to talk about it. Sure. So what, who, who do you got then, Ian? Um, you know, I really, I really love Poirier. Um, and, and I, but I, <laughs> it's Connor. Connor catches lightning in a bottle whenever he wants, literally whenever the guy wants. So, um, you know, I, I think that we're going to see him do that exact thing. Maybe it won't be around, um, but I think that I'm going to call it. I think he's going to get to get it within two rounds. I think he's going to get it within two rounds. He's going to get a TKO. Yeah. I have to, um, I think I have to agree. I think um, f physically um, and technically Connor is, is very, very talented, but I think uh, he's incredibly, incredibly uh, cerebral as well. He's sizing up um, people at another level, like very much like Anderson Silva. And I only learned this, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I learned it from watching these guys talk about them. And one of the fights that we, we looked at, uh, Frank Trick, Rashad, Boss, and Ian, we looked at, I think so, we, we looked at a Connor O'Connor fight. And Frank Trigg pointed out some things that regular fans did not catch, I did not catch. And that was how Connor, uh, it's a big believer in regulating his energy or his uh, his uh, gas tank. Uh, I, I think he got caught with his pants down the first time he met Diaz. And and back to the locker room, he kept talking about energy, about energy, about how he expended everything, and that's why he lost. Blah blah blah. And the second time you saw him with with Diaz, he was a bit more measured, a bit more like 
it was regulating how much output it was giving. And sure enough, if you look back at that fight and you can go to YouTube and find that, that particular throwback episode that we did, you see that Connor starts to wind down before the end of the round because he was already, according to Frank Trick, and I totally believe it, Connor was already starting to refill the gas tank in the last minute. So he was slowing down. And to us as casuals, to me as a casual, I'm like, oh my God, he's slowing down. He's, he's tired, he's tired. But in reality, he is already refilling his gas tank at the last round before he gets into the next one. And so that was incredibly interesting. I think uh, Connor is at that cerebral level. I'm sure all of you, all the fighters are, but I, I enjoy that part of fighting, the, the strategy, the thinking. I remember one time when, when I think it was either Anderson Silva giving an interview. He, I think it was the, the Chael Sonnen fight. He talked about how when they were clenched, clenched together, chest to chest, against, up against the fence, he could feel the breathing of uh, Chael and he knew that he was tired. And things like that was super interesting. It's a, a level of, of mind chess game that they are playing that, that a lot of fans don't don't pick up right away. So I, I have to agree with, with, uh, with, with uh, Uncle Creepy that uh, I, I think uh, uh, it may be two, two for uh, Connor for this one. No, agree. And by the way, the greatest nickname in mixed martial arts history, <laughs> Uncle Creepy. <laughs> I, I keep trying to get rid of it. It's in my new career. It is not <laughs> applicable for my new life in science uh, and healing. Um, but I can't get rid of it without losing my blue check mark. So uh, I'm now being represented by the people, some fancy people in Hollywood from Tyson Ranch, uh, the people that rebranded Mike Tyson for his cannabis company. And mm-hmm. we're going through the process of, of getting rid of the blue check mark, changing back to my name, and, uh, <laughs> and then just, you know, being able to not be called that anymore. Cause I now have a puppet show, by the way. So I, and long so you got to watch the puppet show to see it but uh, uncle creepy is now not inside me anymore he's now a puppet uh, where is the puppet it's, it's downstairs um so yeah i i'm trying to i was trying to purge that out for so long it's finally gonna be gone soon i just have to i don't know i have to talk to someone at facebook i guess <laughs> all right on the tyson ranch guy do you know um eben britain at all uh i've never met him but yeah we've uh i've we've just never been in the same room. Maybe I don't know if he was at the party. We had a party at uh, we they threw a party at uh, Tyson Ranch headquarters where um, it's Tyson's training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if Evan was there. I don't. I didn't meet him. I don't think. But um, you know, I I work with Rob Hickman, um, you know, and those guys. So it's it's a it's a good group to be associated with. I mean, I, I, it's it's definitely uh, changing my life. That's for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I look forward to having that conversation with you. I've I've had Eben on the podcast. He and I crossed paths a number of times. I did a lot of work in the cannabis space in Los Angeles with my brothers, and he's a cool dude. And uh, yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard really good things. Um, Yeah, it's you know, we live in an amazing time. I would just put it that way. Life's getting really, really interesting. And then you know, with me, it's like I'm in a whole new field of work. Like so, it's it's um. It's very exciting to be, um, you know, associated with people like Daniel Carcio and Mike Tyson and uh, is it Riley Coyote? Whatever his name is. Um, and uh, I mean, there's a few Lamar Odom. I mean, you know, these are people that are at the forefront of psychedelics. I mean, I was one of the I'm one of what three people that was on HBO recently, uh, as far as as far as athletes go, um, talking about um, healing and with psilocybin. You know, I'm like one of the first people ever on major television. It's pretty cool. So we're trying to play up on the fact that I'm, you know, I'm a comedian. I've got a puppet show. I've got a very short comic career, but you know, I, I'm working at it. You know, I've, I'm creating content with all kinds of stuff. So, um, you know, I've actually traveled out of state doing comedy. So I say we're not. I'm not that bad at it. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely not that funny though. Um, but you know, so I, I'm an educator and a comedian, and just trying to figure out where I fall into this whole space of of Hollywood because everyone keeps trying to push me into it. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. I guess this is fine. I was staying away, but I guess I'll have to try it. <laughs> well, you seem like a completely different person than back when you're, you know, fighting for sure. And uh, it's really exciting to have the conversation, your insight, 
And uh, I'm super excited to continue to be involved with Scoring Senate. I think uh, what you guys are doing is fabulous. I can't say it enough. I'm going to push to as many people as I can. I talk about it all the time. Every time there's a fight, I'm sending the links out and I'm just telling people like, hey, you got to check this out. Um, Hopefully, hopefully after just, you know, continuing to vocalize this, it can be a part of uh, a more consistent aspect of scoring in the sport. But thank you to you guys for, you know, doing the hard work and, and trying to make it happen. Um, Steve, I think love to have a conversation with you in the future, just about your world and technology. I spent the last 10 years there myself and Ian psychedelics is something that's a very close place to my heart. And I think we could have some really interesting conversations as well. So. Yeah. You you have my number. Let's chat. Uh, We can do another episode or I mean, if you, we can, let's, let's talk about your stomach though soon. So we can get you better there. Most definitely, man. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, Scoring Senate.com, right? That's it. Yes. And at Scoring Senate on social media. Yeah, that's it on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. I will, uh, I'll tag that in the, in all the information I put out, but guys appreciate you coming on here, sharing this whole idea concept and, and having some fun conversation with me. It means a lot. And uh, I look forward to future dialogue with both of you guys. Absolutely. Hey man, thank thank, you, you, for thank you so much. Most thank definitely. You. Here's to a, hopefully a, a much better 2021 for us all. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks.